Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Body. I'm your host, Christina Slater, and today I am joined by my client, Emma. Hey, everybody. Hope everything's going well. So Emma and I have known each other for like about 15 years, which is crazy. And Emma joined Cut and Conquer as a client last year. She did a six-month program with us, totally killed it, which I expected because she's awesome. She ended up going on her own for a couple months, maintaining her progress, continuing to make progress, and just kind of taking the tools that she learned from Cut and Conquer Fitness and continuing to grow and learn on her own. She's actually back now for another program, which we're super pumped about. And today she is here to share her experience as a client, share what she learned, and just discuss some of the struggles that she's had throughout her life, especially around body image and just kind of how working on her mind and her body has helped her overcome those struggles and just continue to grow in life. So. Emma, tell us about your experience as a client with Cut and Conquer. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this with you. As you said, we've been friends 15 years and meeting back up and doing these programs with you has just been like game changer for me. So super excited to be here. I had such a good experience with Cut and Conquer. I think I was a bit hesitant going in because I've never worked with a personal trainer before. I've never done anything one-on-one and the dedication level required was a lot higher than anything I'd done before, but it was what I needed. And what I loved so much was there's so many different aspects to the program and you and all the different pieces that you bring together. And what helped me a lot was how holistic everything was. It's not just, here's your program, like run off and do it and talk to me at the end of three months or whatever it is Mm -hmm. to be incorporating mindset and nutrition and having support groups on Facebook and having you able to access like any time that you really need was just, you know, everything on top of the workouts, which I loved. The workouts are the easy part for me, but having all that other stuff was one of the biggest, biggest things that I loved about it. It was great. Thank you. And (laughs) yeah, I think like, as you mentioned, the, the mindset component is so important because Again, most people do enjoy the fitness, the working out component, especially as they really start to like embrace that aspect. But the nutrition can always be a struggle for most people. And that's where like the mindset component really comes into play. And I'm sure in your experience, as well as in my experience, a lot of fitness programs that are out there, they kind of just brush over that mindset component, you know? Absolutely. I think, and if people don't even know what they're missing, with that piece because it's so typical, like you said, for it to be, here's your workouts and maybe a nutrition plan or something else, but it's not the focus of the program. People don't realize that just because you're following workouts that you're not necessarily going to have like crazy changes with your body if you're not incorporating those other pieces like mindset nutrition. Totally. And the accountability factor as well, like 
me and you were chatting before we jumped onto this episode and we we're just talking and saying like, we haven't actually had a phone call or like met face to face in like maybe like six years, maybe more, mm-hmm. but it kind of feels like we haven't even really missed a step because of like the check-ins and the accountability and the live streams and the group and just like the constant communication, which for us was obviously like coach client, but also that friendship that we have. And even for clients who I haven't known in the past, you build that connection with people because it's it's such a big part of your life. Yeah. And you know, that just like opened my mind. Wow. I didn't even realize how big of a difference that is. But yeah, like you building a relationship with the client is one of the biggest differences between you know, other programs that are out there, like Instagram influencers that sell like a PDF document, you know, having that, that actual relationship is such a big difference and a game changer because it really does play into that level of accountability Mm -hmm. because now it's not just you like doing it or not doing it. You have somebody that's communicating with you and following up with your progress and telling you, you know, what needs to change. And that's, yeah, makes a huge difference. Totally. And like, my clients are like my best friends. It's so funny because I don't really have any <laughs> friends that aren't my clients. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell us like what were some of the big things or the main things that you learned during your six-month program? You kind of mentioned at the beginning the nutrition and the mindset for me were kind of the biggest changes coming from an athletic background. You know, the workouts, I knew how to work out pretty well. I didn't have good structured workouts, but that was not the difficulty. It was more the nutrition and the mindset and kind of learning and realizing what I had no idea what I was missing because, you know, people just, they really don't know what they don't know. And if you've never been exposed to it, you have no idea what you're missing. And I think having more information and more knowledge, just like, I can't even explain to you the difference that it made for me. Those were the biggest, biggest changes. Totally. And like, we obviously came from similar backgrounds because we met through competitive swimming. We're on the same swim team for like eight years or 10 years or however long that was. And um, like for myself too, when you kind of transition from being an elite athlete in competitive sports, and then you obviously do have kind of that muscle memory. You've obviously been athletic and moving your body, unlike some people who maybe didn't have that background. But when you are, coming away from that and trying to like experiment in the gym and really sculpt your body to look the way you want it to look instead of training for a specific sport, it's a completely different ball game. Completely, right? And a lot of the time we oh, know how to totally. do it. We know how to do a squat. We know how to do a push up and those basic things. And we can just throw that together. But if you're really going for those next level results, if you really want to change not just your body, but your life, it does take proper programming, proper periodization, making sure that every single exercise you're doing fits your body type, fits your goals, fits your equipment. And then combining that and aligning it with the mindset component and the nutrition component as well. Yeah. I think when you're young and you're an athlete, you're kind of mindlessly able to make progress in your sport or whatever it is that you're doing without putting too much thought into mindset and nutrition. I think that is changing somewhat, you know, as time goes on. But when we were, you know, back in 14 years old, like as an example, I mentioned to you, I was eating seven meals a day, like literally (laughs) seven meals a day um, because it was breakfast, practice, and then breakfast again, and then school and a snack and then lunch and a snack and then a dinner, (laughs) practice again, and then a second dinner. So, 
you know, easily, easily three, probably three to 5,000 calories a day. And I was, I was so lean and skinny and I was six feet tall. I was like 150 pounds, which is wild. Like I've come so far since then, but you don't even think about it because all you're doing is working out all day, every day and kind of transitioning out of that was definitely a struggle for me because I didn't know how to eat properly for my body in that stage of my life where I wasn't working out in the same ways. And I didn't know, you know, kind of the mental aspects that I needed to incorporate and able to, and be able to like make progress in that way. So. Absolutely. And when we think back to that competitive childhood we had, like we were doing like four plus hours of cardio a day. So it wasn't like we were just walking around for a little bit or playing like a random game of soccer. It was like, four hours of cardio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wait, like just crazy. Not something that's sustainable for an adult in the real world, in my opinion, but (laughs) or or even, even kids. (laughs) No, that's true too. That's true too. We were crazy back then. And even for um, our listeners who maybe didn't have, didn't, weren't elite athletes growing up, or maybe didn't even play sports or anything, because there's definitely people in that situation as well. It's still Mm -hmm. a similar comparison in terms of like, when you are a teenager, your metabolism is like way higher, maybe before you had kids and things just kind of come easier to you. You don't have the responsibilities of taking care of a family. You don't have the responsibility of going to work. You don't have to pay your mortgage or your rent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then as you transition into real life, shit gets real and it gets super overwhelming and you have all of that constant stress. And your biggest worry isn't like who you got a crush on and if you're going to make it to swim practice. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think it really is an applicable concept for people kind of across the lifespan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the changes, like you said, from teens to, you know, and then real life and work and family and kids. And even as you progress onwards from that, you know, each stage is different, requires different attention to different areas. And, you know, being able to learn what you need to do in each of those is super applicable for everybody. Absolutely. Like a lot of our clients, and I know you know the clients as well, because we have like a really good community. But mm-hmm. a lot of the women we work with, they usually they're moms and they join the program because they used to be fit. They used to be confident in their body. They used to have like a lean physique and body image and having that confidence was just something that was like natural. They just felt good in their body. But then they don't, you don't even realize a lot of the time how much that can slip away. And then that's when all of that like negative self-talk comes into play and you feel crappy about how you look, you feel bad about how you feel. And a lot of the women have had children and your body is is different after that, right? And the next thing you mm-hmm. know it, you're like this complete different person and you're like, holy crap, where did my identity go? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, body image and self-confidence plays such an important role is because you have to be able to acknowledge, you know, your past body and physicality and then move forward, right? And work mm-hmm. with what you have and realize that it's not going to be the same for your whole life. So, yes, I love that. So that transitions us transitions us nicely into our next topic, but before we go there, something maybe you've heard me say it in the group lately, but I love this kind of perspective and it's focusing less on who you used to be because we hear all the time, like, oh, I just want to get back to where I used to be. I just want to get my old body back. But like, who cares about your old body? You're not that person anymore. You don't have that old body. So focus on your new body, focus on the future and focus on moving forward. I love that. That's Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I align. (laughs) My ideals align with that because I think it's a lot healthier perspective to come from in general. And, you know, you're never going to be happy if you're trying to chase something that was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So 
tell us about like the struggle? Because I feel like we have a similar perspective on this as well. The struggle from transitioning away from being a competitive athlete to more of just a typical person. Mm-hmm. So I did talk about that a little bit with kind of what my physique was like and how much I was eating and working out and not even having to think about it. It did take me, you know, once I stopped swimming a long time to adjust to the idea that I wasn't going to have that swimmer body for the rest of my life, my 15-year-old me body. And that was really hard with kind of adjusting to, okay, this is what I have now and I have to work with this. But it, it was really difficult mentally to kind of get over that. And I really, I didn't know what I was doing because I was eating as if I was still swimming and doing the amount of athletic activity that I was. But I, I wasn't obviously doing that same level. So taking you know some time to reflect and realize, you know, changes have occurred here and we need to deal with what we have. But it was, it was really hard on my body image for sure. Initially yeah. in the first like two, three years, especially. And I'm it's just in such a much better place now. I think too, with like the identity that you attach to being a certain person, like I'm sure you felt the same way for those like 10 years that we swam. It was like, Mm-hmm. I am a swimmer. Like that's who I am. That's what I do. That's yeah. my identity. And then when you lose that, and again, like I feel like we both have really good experiences with swimming. I don't think either of us left like hating it per se. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though we probably hated a couple of things, um, <laughs> it's kind of that like, well, who am I now? In addition to having to deal with the changes in your body, the changes with your diet the changes in exercise because no realistic person does four hours of cardio a day anymore. Then you have to deal with at the same time, like, who am I going forward in life? And you feel like you almost kind of have lost that purpose almost, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's a commonality between many athletes once they kind of transition out of their sport is trying to figure out, okay, what do I do now? Because you're going from a place of dedicating hours and hours and hours every day and every week to this one thing. And then, you know, when that disappears, it's definitely a big adjustment. Yeah. That was for me, definitely the hardest part. And I think you can definitely tell me how you feel about this. But another thing that I personally felt like was very difficult was the fact that after swimming, moving on to the rest of my life, I, I didn't feel good in who I was. I didn't feel good in my body. I didn't feel good in my mind, partially because I lost part of my identity, but there were other reasons as well. And whenever I felt like I tried to take action to change that, or I brought it up to people, I would kind of get the people saying, well, you look really good. So who cares? Like you're already in good shape. Why do you want to get in better shape? Like you look good, but I didn't look how I wanted to look and I didn't feel good inside. Yeah, I can relate to that, especially when it comes to getting either positive or negative feedback from, you know, friends, coworkers, family, whoever it might be. And um, it not really matching up with how you feel like that's really challenging, but it's almost even more toxic when some of those comments or things that people say either enforce or discourage healthy and unhealthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, hearing, oh, you look good when I was not fueling my body the way that I needed to, I wasn't being healthy with my self-care, I think was really damaging. And, you know, the opposite can be true as well. Like, okay, you're finally on your feet and you're doing good things, but then you're not getting good feedback. So, you know, it can go two different ways with that. And it is hard when you have kind of a 
typically acceptable body type to deal with that kind of criticism. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing too that I want to talk about is, I guess, like going from swimming where you're kind of like, for the most part, we would all train the same way. Again, obviously, like you were a backstroker. I was not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So we we would have our different strokes, just like everyone on the team did. But when it comes to like actual fitness, like working out in the gym, weightlifting, that sort of thing, how important like customization is when you're trying to lose fat, when you're trying to build lean muscle and how doing what everyone else is doing and doing random things isn't necessarily the best, not even necessarily, is generally not a good approach. Yeah, this is a key point. Like People <laughs> need to realize this. And it's hard because lots of times like people don't know where to start. Even me coming from an athletic background, I didn't know where to start and I didn't know what I was doing. So like I literally, I would watch like Instagram influencer workout videos and follow bits and pieces of that. Or I would kind of make up my own workouts based on a couple different ones. I mean, even earlier in university, I wasn't even that organized. I would just like decide to go to the gym and jump around from machine to machine, like not knowing what I was doing. No consistency with weight and progressive overload and proper programming. Like it was a mess. (laughs) And I was putting in a lot of work. Like I would go to the gym anywhere from, you know, three to six times a week. And I was doing cardio and I was doing weights and all this stuff and HIIT training, all these different things, just like desperately trying to change my body. But, you know, not really getting anywhere significant doing that style of working out because it's just simply not effective. Yeah. I think that's like so, so common. And it's just, I think mainly because there's so much information out there on fitness. And I mean, everyone is different, but there's, there's so much good information. There's so much really, really bad information. And even for a fitness professional to navigate through all that information, it can be overwhelming. And then you take just the typical woman specifically who feels crappy in their own body and just wants to make changes and they're going to try everything and they're going to do everything ineffectively because you can't do everything, you know? Totally. And I think too, the lack of, you know, following through on any consistency is a game changer too, because, you know, you try something for a couple of weeks and, oh, this isn't working. I'm going to try something else. Mm -hmm. So you're really just bouncing around way too much and, you know, not doing you know, if you do the work the right way, you don't actually have to work any harder. It's working so smarter. I think that's an important, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's an important part of it too. Yeah. And I, I think what you said there also, that's why people get so exhausted and like mentally and physically exhausted. Yeah. Usually the, the women joining our program, they're at a point where they're like, I have no energy. I have no self-belief. I just feel like crap because I've tried so many different things and none of it has worked, but they're almost trying too much stuff and mm-hmm. they're not giving it, not necessarily not giving it enough of a shot, but it's that whole like two steps forward, three steps back, and then trying something different. And it is completely exhausting. <laughs> it is. It is. Doing the yo-yo and never actually ending up anywhere is oh. mentally and physically exhausting. And it's, it's the worst. Not, not the right way to do it. <laughs> and it is. It's, the amount of information out there, like you said, is completely overwhelming, even for somebody who's very much like into fitness and health. Mm-hmm. 
So for the average busy human being, it's so much to deal with. Yeah. And it's so tempting to go for those quick fixes to be like, oh, I'm just going to order this weight loss pill. or I'm just going to buy this waist trainer. I'm going to intermittent fast. I'm going to do keto because again, usually when you're at that point, you're just exhausted and you don't want to put in the work because you feel like you've put in the work so many times and just still not gotten anywhere. Absolutely. Another thing that I think you definitely felt in, especially at the beginning of your program, and I relate to this so much, um, is feeling like you eat healthy and being like, oh yeah, I eat pretty good. I eat pretty good. But <laughs> really, like, having I'm no- laughing because it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> oh, it's almost embarrassing to think that I ever thought the way that I did, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, I genuinely... I was clueless. I thought, you know, based on what you see on social media and, you know, healthy food magazine covers and everything else, I thought I was doing a pretty good job. I was like, I eat healthy. I am a healthy person. And then with the programming and actually starting to track my food, it was mind blowing. I had no idea. So like as an example, once I started tracking I didn't realize I genuinely was eating almost only carbs because all of my favorite foods were carbs, but I didn't necessarily feel like they were unhealthy. Like I had a lot of bread, like bagels and cream cheese and cereal with milk, a lot of fruit, tons and tons of fruit. I was drinking juice all the time. I loved pasta. I would have a grilled cheese like once every two days. And like looking now, I'm like, how did I think that was healthy? I have no <laughs> idea. But me going into healthy mode was kind of switching it over to like, oh, I'm just going to eat some more like green vegetables and maybe I'll have like a little bit more avocado toast, lifesaver, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then the typical, like just have a handful of almonds. So it was me starting to get kind of restrictive with my food mm-hmm. intake and still not knowing what I was doing, but thinking I was doing a better job. And even then I I was not, I was not doing a good job at all. (laughs) But so often we think like, oh, I'm going to eat healthier. I'm just going to eat salads. And like Mm -hmm. your body doesn't want salads and not that salads are bad. Salads are amazing, but salads aren't going to give you the nutrients that your body really needs. It's not going to give you the fuel to perform in your workouts. And again, to lose fat, you need to be fueling your body so that it's going to work with you. Of course, you got to be in a calorie deficit, but like your food choices totally matter. And like Emma, you mentioned having bagels and grilled cheese and everything. And it's not that those are bad things, but again, like you mentioned, if your goal is body composition, so like losing fat, putting on lean muscle, a diet that is exclusively carbs is definitely not the direction you want to go. (laughs) Yeah. And not because carbs are bad, but just you end up missing out on the two other very important (laughs) macronutrients, fat and protein, specifically protein. I imagine I was maybe having 30, 40 grams of protein a day, which that might not mean a lot to some people, but that's pretty low. Mm -hmm. And I was not focusing on getting protein in my diet. And that has been such a game changer for me in terms of like muscle building mm-hmm. and satiety and feeling full and having whole healthy meals. The protein was missing absolutely from my day-to-day eating habits. And that was really something that my eyes were open to once I started tracking the macros that I was intaking on a daily basis. 
Yeah. Protein is so important. Like the most important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so are I carbs, know. so are fats. They're all important, but protein is like number one. <laughs> yeah. So once you started fueling your body properly, once you started getting on like that structured fitness plan that was specific to you, specific to your goals, tell us like about some of the changes and the improvements that you felt mentally and physically and just overall in your life. Mm-hmm. I think I really appreciated the structure of it. And not just because the structure is there and it's a structure, it actually made a difference in my body composition and my day-to-day life and my training and in my mindset. And like I really started to see big progressions and shorter amount of time than I ever had before mm-hmm. because I was, you know, pretty dialed in and I was following this structure, which <laughs> I I love that. I need that to have somebody who knows what they're doing and that I trust tell me what I need to do was really, really helpful for me because that's kind of how I operate in the best ways, you know, trusting it over to the expert, <laughs> which is <Yeah>. you. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> expert here. <laughs> yes. Expert Christina Slater. And it, no, but it really, I started seeing progress, especially physically initially that I had never been able to make before, despite trying and trying and trying and trying and trying kind of like we talked about before. So, and not only that, I definitely had neglected the mindset aspect of my training and health and fitness before. It was something that, you know, you hear, oh, I'm supposed to, you know, do gratitude at the end of the day and meditation is good for your brain and all these things. But I kind of just let it pass me by and I knew it was something that, oh, maybe it'll help, but I don't really care that much. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Honestly, like I just was like, yeah, it can't be that big of a deal, but oh my God, it's such a big deal. And it's such a game changer. And I think it's really important for people to address. So you definitely opened my eyes to that in a huge, huge way. I'm glad. And I think too, it's really important, whoever your coach is, it's like teamwork, you know? I'm not just going to be like, Emma, do this, do this, Mm -hmm. do this, do this. And don't give me any feedback. Don't tell me anything. Just do it. It's really important to have that like really good communication and hold like your clients accountable. Like i I do with you, but also like not only just having compassion, but being open to listening to your clients and how they're feeling mm-hmm. with their program and what's working and what's not working. And then collectively coming to conclusions as to what's the best step going forward. Yeah, definitely. It is a team effort. And that's where, you know, having that one on one client and coach relationship is so different than, you know, just following a cookie cutter program. Like yeah. that's that next level that you're getting taken to. Yeah. but just impossible in some of the different formats. And one other thing that you you mentioned kind of was like how previously, and I think a lot of people will relate, like knowing that kind of mindset is important, but just being like, oh yeah, like whatever, I'll do it like maybe at some point in my life if I have time. Mm-hmm. But I find with our clients at Cotton Conquer, like truly 100%, the clients who have the best results are the clients who are the most engaged, who are actually participating in everything, who are coming to the coaching calls, who are coming to the live streams and really just like learning and staying engaged in the community. Because if you just kind of like shut yourself off and don't open up when you're struggling and don't ask for help and don't engage even with the community, it's challenging. I think um, I was actually thinking about this earlier, you know, with that community and the videos and all the information that's provided it's such a good way for people to kind of transition from that motivation mindset of, oh, I'm motivated today 
to kind of the discipline because it's mm-hmm. so consistent and there's always new information and new videos and new, you know, communication that's going on that it kind of helps to automatically build in some of that discipline aspect mm-hmm. um, because you're being exposed to it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. If you kind of take the time to, you know, put in the effort and get involved. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, at the end of the day, no matter who your coach is, no matter how good your program is, like if you aren't willing to put in the work, no matter who you're working with, you're not going to get those results. You're not going to see the changes. Yeah. So tell us in general, especially because like you were a competitive athlete growing up, you're still involved in fitness in general for people maybe who are just getting started, who weren't athletes and they just don't know where to start what like tell us how fitness has changed your life and just what you would like others to know I think you know people kind of start out in fitness with the idea of wanting to change their body or look a certain way and you know that's kind of a super happy effective byproduct of some of the other amazing benefits that health and fitness bring into your life because for me like big big ones like stress reduction emotional regulation like the gym for me is kind of a bit of an escape and, you know, eating good food gives you more energy and, you know, being in a state of having a strong mindset and goals and, you know, daily planning and doing your morning routine all kind of flows over into helping with sleep and, you know, things like that. So it's, it's more than just, I want to work out so I can look a certain way you can use, there's all these other measures that, you know, once I started paying attention to my body and working out and being mindful with food and all of that, it really, it really affected more than just my physical body. And some of those things are, you know, even more important than your physical body, because Mm -hmm. those are the things you want to have and have with longevity. Absolutely. Especially things like, like energy levels and getting a good Mm -hmm. sleep and being in a good mood. And for me, and I I know you're the same way, because I know we talked about this at like, a lot of your check-ins, but mm-hmm. like when you are doing your best and you're putting in the work, you feel your best. You know, like I know for mm-hmm. me, when I have an off week and I slack on my nutrition or I miss some workouts and I don't get a good sleep, even though I didn't do severe damage to myself, I just don't feel good, you know? And when I'm in yeah. momentum and I'm in the zone and I'm doing the work, like I feel amazing. I, yes, I totally agree. I am, I am the same way for sure. It's one of those things that when you're doing well, it just kind of pushes you to want to keep doing well and keep doing more and kind of is that positive upspin of being in a good, happy cycle and just keeps pushing you forward. Absolutely. Um, so one of the final things I want to talk about is I guess your opinion on how important body image is and how important competing against yourself is in fitness and in health overall for so many different reasons. So what are your thoughts on that? This is a very broad topic. I could talk about this forever (laughs) and ever and ever. (laughs) Um, It's an area that I'm super passionate about just because I have, I think, experienced some of the damage that negative comparison can do. I really liked you and Brittany in your last podcast that you did with her saying like the you versus you mindset, you know, you should not be comparing to others because, you know, the healthiest way to make a comparison, if you're going to compare at all is against yourself and how can you improve 
your you compared to your you yesterday versus, you know, somebody else that's out there. So yeah, I think generally I really try not to compare to others. That being said, it's very difficult not to in this day and age with social media and everything else going on. So I think a really important aspect of that is just being aware of what's out there, specifically in regards to social media. Social media is a great tool can be used in such positive ways and you know it's great for communication and staying in touch and sharing information but there's also of course that negative aspect that can really impact people in bad ways especially when it comes to comparison so being aware of those things like photoshop and like editing and you know I saw this video the other day actually on Instagram that was somebody else taking a video of a girl who was filming one of her workouts Mm -hmm. and she had her tripod set up and there was four plates on one side of the leg press, but only one or two plates on the other side. Mm -hmm. And she was filming, making it look like she's, you know, leg pressing four plates per side. She didn't show the other side of the leg press. So, you know, there's so many like little tricks out there that can really just fool you into thinking like, oh, like she can do that or he can do that or they can do that. Why can't I? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, some of it just isn't, it just isn't real. And people don't realize that. And that's what I think is damaging is that people just don't know. I think it's fine to do whatever you want to any of your own photos and videos, but trying to make things seem like something they're not um, can be super damaging. So it's something that I'm... Purposely misleading information. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like like so you, all like you mentioned, I think awareness is really the key because it's so easy to compare yourself even when you don't go into TikTok or Instagram or whatever with the intention to. Like it's almost mm-hmm. like you find yourself just subconsciously doing it. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking inspiration from another person, like looking at mm-hmm. another person's physique and being like, oh my God, that's super inspiring. Like if they can do it, I can do it. Like, look how strong that girl is. I want to get to that point at someday and taking inspiration. Um, I think that can be powerful. But like you totally. said, it it's when it when you're comparing and it's like that that negative connotation attached to it of like, why am I not at that point? Like I'm putting in the work. Why isn't it happening? Why don't I look that good? Because you don't know. You don't know what that person went through. You don't know if that's real. You don't know what's going on whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know if the information provided is accurate. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, if you take Photoshop and, you know, editing and which you can do to videos, by the way, which some people don't know, you can Photoshop a video to make you look different than you actually do, which is Um, crazy, (laughs) which is crazy. And people just don't even realize, like, they just have no idea. And I had no idea for the longest time. And then I kind of got in tune with it. And now I can take a step back and say, you know what, Emma, like, maybe this isn't exactly what it seems, even if it is, don't compare to that person. But take even all of that stuff away. I think something that's important to consider too, is that a lot of the time when you're looking at these other social media accounts for inspiration or motivation, like the people that are, you know, running fitness accounts, they're like influencers. It's it's literally their job. Like that's what they're spending their time and dedicating their time to, to look good on social media you know, just think about anyone, average person's day-to-day life, like all the things you have to dedicate your time to, whether it be kids or parents or work or school, relationships, pet, whatever it might be, like you're having to deal with all those things. And a lot of these people that people look up to for motivation are spending all of their time or a huge majority of their time on their physique and their fitness and their social media versus all those other things that some other people have to deal with. So 
just being aware of that and recognizing where you're at in your own life, I think is really important. I agree. And like we were actually talking about last night in the client group, like you might see a girl on Instagram doing a glute kickback with like a really nice butt and be like, oh my God, I want that ass. It looks so good. I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. But you have no idea if like she's even doing that exercise correctly. If you don't have that knowledge, you don't know if that's the exercise she actually used to build her glutes to look that way. Like there's so much going on behind the scenes that is not always at the surface, right? So I think, again, you nailed it when you said awareness is key. There's so much good information out there on social media. I know like I try to share motivation. I try to share positive stuff and keep it real. And there's a ton of other amazing fitness accounts who do the same, but there's also some really shitty ones out there. And just, just being aware that stuff isn't always as it seems. Yeah. I think putting in, you know, a little bit of time and effort into finding content that is positive and motivates you and empowers you is really important. Um, and like you said, all the mindset stuff and the videos that you do on Instagram, I love them for that. Um, and just finding, you know, stuff that's going to pop up in your algorithm that will bring more of it with it that are kind of along, along that note. Yeah. And I don't think this is what you meant, but I feel like it's a really good like parallel but you were talking about social media, but I think you can even take that into real life and like surround yourself by people who are going to bring you up, surround yourself by things that make you feel good. And of course, life isn't always the best day of our life, of course, but just kind of like looking for those positive things in your life is going to bring more of it. And just making sure you're surrounding yourself by people for the most part who make you feel good and not toxic people. (laughs) Absolutely. That's and that's you know even more important because that's your real life and your day to day life and how you're interacting on a daily basis. I totally agree with you. Absolutely. All right. So for our kind of closing questions here, what would you say is for you or in general the the biggest game changer when you're looking to take your life and your fitness to the next level and get those results. Yeah, I kind of had mentioned to you before, it, it's for me, it hasn't been one thing. And I think for most people, it's not one thing. But if I had to kind of name what the biggest game changers are for me, it's just the recognition of the time and the consistency mm-hmm. that it takes to see these big changes with the biggest stress being you know, on time. Because I think that's what fools a lot of people into giving up or dropping out or, you know, not sticking with something is not giving it the time it needs to show you those changes. And like, I've been working out consistently for, you know, probably around a year, but you know, the people that you're seeing out there with, you know, maybe the quote unquote dream body that you're looking forward to have been working out consistently for three, five, eight, ten 10 years. It does not happen overnight. It takes the time and the work and the consistency to kind of see those results. And it can be like years. It is years. This is your whole life of fitness. It's not, oh, I'm going to work really hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And being, being willing to push through a plateau. And I honestly even hate saying a plateau because that 
kind of suggests that nothing is happening. And even when you are in a plateau, whether it's a weight plateau or a strength plateau in the gym, just because you're not seeing those changes doesn't mean there's not changes happening. But you have to be willing to stick with it and push through that plateau because giving up because you hit a plateau is only going to take you backwards. Yeah. And I think, you know, your definition of a plateau is, you know, up to each person. Like you said, it might be weight, it might be strength, it might be, you know, all these other things. But I think looking at multiple parameters to kind of gauge what changes are happening is really important too, because it's not just weight. It's not just strength. Those are great things to kind of help you recognize changes that are happening, but they're not the only things. Um, Like we kind of mentioned before, like, are you feeling more energetic? Do you have better body confidence? Are you feeling stronger? Are you having better form? Yeah. How do your clothes fit? Are you having less injuries? Like all of those things matter too. And are really important to be aware of other than just, you know, a simple number on a scale. Yeah. I love that. I think you nailed it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what advice would you have for anyone who is considering joining or working with Cotton Conquer Fitness? Do it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, if you're someone who's ready to make that investment in yourself, because it is an investment, like what you put into it is what you'll get back and to have the amazing support and the programming and everything that you guys provide, like I absolutely would recommend it. And I think too, it's a great way to do it for people from all different stages. Like I had an athletic background and it's still, I learned so much, Mm -hmm. but the information that you give is still digestible enough that somebody who knows nothing about health and fitness can still learn great, great amounts and make huge changes. And I think kind of one of the biggest, most important things to know is just like you as a trainer, like you care so much. (laughs) And I think your clients can sense that. Like I definitely sense that. Like you really put your heart into every single person and every single video and all this stuff that you're doing. And it's seriously, it's noticeable and it makes a difference. Thank you. (laughs) You're the best. (laughs) Don't get all bashful on me. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that is all for this episode. But thank you, Emma, so much for joining us. Honestly, it meant so much for you to come on here and share your experience and your struggles and everything. And I just really appreciate you as a friend and as a client and as a person. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I love doing this. I was super excited about it. And I'm so glad that we did. Awesome. Well, I'm sure hopefully you'll be back for another episode in the future. And please, (laughs) we will talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life. 